This is the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. Do us a huge favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars. And always remember, constructive criticism is welcome here. We want to make the show as good as it can possibly be, and we can only do that with your input. Coming up on this week's episode, Kyler Murray finally gets his Heisman statue, and that will lead to us rating the four Heisman-winning quarterbacks at OU. We'll talk about what made them great and ultimately what led to them winning the award. Joe Castiglione also weighs in on the start time of the OU-Texas game. First, we must start with a little bit of hard news. Um, Defensive lineman Corey Robertson and running back Todd Hudson both had their homes severely damaged in the storm Sunday night uh, that happened not only in Oklahoma, but really hit Norman hard. And if you haven't seen the social media post, I can't imagine you have it, but just in case you haven't, uh, there is a picture that OU has posted of Corey Robertson and and Marcus Stripling picking up degree from Corey Robertson's house, trying to get it out of the way and clear that out as much as possible. The good news is, is both Robertson and Hudson have a GoFundMe account. And as of the time that we recorded this, and maybe by the time you're listening to it, it'll be a lot more, but for um, Robertson... Um, there's been over $16,000 raised. As for Hudson, $3,300 raised. So Sooner Nation, if you want to give yourself a pat on the back or give yourself a round of applause, excellent job in helping both these young men. And I want to take a moment to talk about NIL and how it can really help out here. Because there are several businesses, not only around Norman, but in the state of Oklahoma that support OU football that have their names on buildings or their names attached to some facility concerning OU athletics or just the university itself. And this is where a business could really step up, give Corey Robertson or Todd Hudson an NIL deal, which would put a little money in their pocket and help them rebuild just as much as you're helping them rebuild. And I haven't seen that either one of these guys have gotten an NIL deal, but I also can't think that I'm the first one to think of it. And I hope that there are some businesses that are working their way towards trying to get these these two young men back on their feet. Not like they're destitute. I mean, they are OU football players, and there's no doubt that they've got places to stay and clothes to wear. And uh, I'm certain that they're getting to class on time. But for all the negative that we like to talk about NIL, and how it's legalized cheating. These are the moments where it can really help. Because once upon a time in college sports, if a business were to step up and help a kid in need with no matter what it is that that they were struggling with, whether they needed clothes, whether they needed something in in their apartment or in their dorm room, whether they needed food on the weekend, which Bob Stoops has talked about, those hungry weekends when he played at Iowa because the cafeteria wasn't open. You were on your own, and if you didn't have any money or you spent all your your cash from the stipend, you were going without food. Well, this is where the NIL is great for young men and women in college athletics because now they don't have to worry about you know going to their girlfriend's house to get food on the weekends or you know, making that trip back home when it's when it's inconvenient or rebuilding their house when it gets hit by a storm, 
NIL can help all these things. And even though I see a, a shady side of the NIL, and, and I'm not really comfortable with this new rule or this new law that the state of Florida passed, which will allow coaches to negotiate NIL deals for players. And, and speaking of Florida, we saw the, the fiasco that happened in Florida where one of their recruits um, had an NIL deal for, what was it, $13 million and then took it off the table. Yeah, this kind of thing you can get taken care of pretty easily. Uh, it wouldn't cost just a ton of money to help them rebuild their house, or it wouldn't cost a ton of money to help them get apartments. And not only do I want you to continue to donate and help these young men, and really anybody else that got hit hard in Norman, because it wasn't just OU football players, but I am kind of calling on businesses who want to get involved with this. Look, if you want to show the positive side of something that people have considered to be nothing but a negative, here is a golden opportunity to you. So for Corey Robertson, for Todd Hudson, look, we wish you nothing but the absolute best. And for Sooner Nation again, one more time, big round of applause for you helping out in need when someone when someone deserved it. Okay. And we talk about, you know, just, just supporting the team, supporting OU football and how easy as it is, but that also goes hand in hand with what we like to call the Oklahoma standard where, hey, you can say a lot of negative things about my state, but the one thing you can't say is that we don't help each other because we do an excellent job of that. Earlier this week, or actually I think it was late last week, Joe Castiglione uh, appeared on a radio show and discussed several topics, one of those being the fact that Kyler Murray is going to get his Heisman Trophy statue on April the 22nd prior to OU spring football game Yes, it's about time. I felt the university has kind of moved slow on Kyler Murray, slow on Baker Mayfield, and Joe Harris, the president, joked that this is becoming an annual thing. Well, okay, OU needs a couple of more Heisman winners. We're, we're in a bit of a drought now. Okay, spoiled fan talking here. But with Kyler Murray getting a statue, uh, a well-deserved statue with that, it, it brought to mind this. Who are... You know, if you were to rank, if you were to rank the top four Heisman quarterbacks, well, I guess there's only four, but if you were to rank the four Heisman quarterbacks at OU, how would you do it? Well, if you went by NFL career, it's it's easy. It's Kyler Murray one, Baker Mayfield two, Sam Bradford three, Jason White four. And Jason White really gets the short end of the stick here because he never played in the NFL. In fact, he retired after going to training camp with the Titans. Bradford, often injured, never really, for the exception of one season, never really got to showcase his talents in the NFL. Baker Mayfield. To me, Baker Mayfield's a hard luck story in the NFL because you've been through so many different coordinators, head coaches. Now you've played with your third franchise. Most people are starting to look at him as a backup, so it kind of leaves Kyler Murray by default. And even though this guy's injured, He's certainly been the most successful of all the cats in the professional ranks. But if you were going by their college career, okay, and, and there's several different ways to look at this. I am not a huge stat man. I like to watch play on the field and judge how guys play and compare that versus the numbers. That being said, I'm about to throw a lot of numbers at you. Baker's your winner. 
if it came down to your college career, Baker's your, your winner. One, the only reason I could not give it to Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield here is because Baker played two seasons, Kyler only played one. And since we don't have a whole lot of time on this podcast, I want to look at when these guys actually won the Heisman Trophy. And for most people with Baker Mayfield, it was a performance against Oklahoma State where OU beat them 62-52. And I often think, was it really Baker Mayfield being magical or was it just the fact that OSU's defense sucked? Now, OU's wasn't that good that day either because Mason Rudolph threw for 448 yards, five touchdowns, and a couple of picks. Uh, which were almost identical to to, to Baker Mayfield stats. His was uh, 598, five touchdowns and and two picks. But I think what ultimately got Baker the high, see, I always thought Baker's Heisman moment did not come in his Heisman year. It came the year that he didn't win it, which was in 2016 against Baylor when he threw that pass to Dimitri Flowers inside the red zone. If you remember how how that one played out, I can remember sitting in the press box in Waco, watching it happen, and seeing Baker Mayfield have one of those hold-my-beer moments, which honestly are just too numerous to count, and they're way too many to go over here. But Baker would do things on the football field that made you think that he was absolutely reckless, but he had things under control, and that always drew, for me, a comparison to Brett Favre. So I'd have to go Baker Mayfield Number one, God, the OU's defense was really bad that game. But hey, so was OSU's, all right? And, and, and when Gus Johnson says something, we must write it in stone. Yeah, there was definitely an eye roll there. For Kyler, Kyler is one of the rare individuals whose Heisman moment came during a losing game. And it was when OU lost to Texas that it was when OU lost to Texas that year. What was it, 48 to 45, I think was the final score. Texas beats him by a field goal, but was up at one point 45 to 24. And then he had that 67 yard touchdown run to cut the lead, and OU got on a roll, and you just felt like OU was going to win it. They didn't. And OU comes back and beats Texas in the Big 12 championship, which ultimately cemented. Kyler Murray's Heisman Trophy win, but that run, that 67-yard run, and OU overcoming that deficit was just too much for Heisman Trophy vote, Heisman voters to ignore, and that's why that's why Kyler ended up winning that. He was one of those guys like Baker who would just do spectacular things on the field, but unlike Baker, you never felt like Kyler was reckless. You always felt like he was under control. And there was just this, with both guys, there was just this sense as as long as they're playing quarterback, you got a chance to win. And and that's the way that things played out. I think, unfortunately for Baker, the worst thing that happened to him was Lincoln Riley taking the ball out of his hands during the Rose Bowl, and OU ended up losing to Georgia. As for Sam Bradford, most people agree it was the jump around game, the 65-13 to thumping of Texas Tech where... Uh, he he outdueled Graham Harrell, and that's when he won the Heisman. I always looked at Bradford as a guy, again, you just felt like as long as he's there, you can win. Um, I never got the sense that Sam Bradford, though, even, even though he won the Heisman, and maybe it was because OU lost to Florida in the Orange Bowl that year, 
in the BCS championship game. I never got the sense that Sam Bradford got the respect that he deserved from commentators that called games. I won't say the media because that that would not be accurate. But certainly in that Orange Bowl, it felt like the announcers couldn't do anything but fawn all over Tim Tebow. And when you look at what Tim Tebow was post that game and what Bradford was post that game, yeah, if I had to pick one of them to win me a game, I'm still going to go Sam Bradford instead of Tim Tebow. And part of that is more prejudiced against Tebow fans who never could come to the realization that he wasn't near as good a quarterback as he as they thought they were. And just because he was a winner didn't necessarily mean that he was going to have NFL success. And finally, with Jason White, you know the reason that he won it. He was the best player on the best team. That 0-3-0-U team was thought to be historic. Prior to the game with, with K-State, the closest matchup they played was against Alabama. They won that game 20-13 to down in Tuscaloosa. You lose the game to K-State, but OU had bludgeoned everybody so bad that year that the Heisman voters weren't they weren't going to go back on give it and not give it to him. Even if they thought USC was the better team, and remember they split the championship with LSU, it just felt like all the momentum was towards Jason White. And I really thought that after losing that game, OU was going to come back against LSU with a major chip on their shoulder and figure out a way to win. As it was, they lost 21-14, to had their opportunities to tie it. And I think a lot of us are just still, it still feels like in a lot of ways, OU was still recovering from that loss to K-State because yeah, we're looking at 22 years since they've won a national championship. So in order, one more time to refresh your memory, Baker Mayfield won, Kyler Murray two, Sam Bradford three, Jason White four. That is how the Heisman winning quarterbacks at OU rank. Coming up next, we'll finish it up talking about Joe Castiglione and the future of the OU Texas game. In our last episode, we discussed the fact that Chris Del Conte has gone to the Southeastern Conference. Okay, got to refresh you on who Chris Del Conte is. He is the athletic director at the University of Texas. Well, Chris Del Conte went to the SEC and is asking them, can they please move the OU Texas game out of the 11 o'clock kickoff slot to the 2.30 slot? And you have to figure with OU and Texas coming into the SEC in 2024, they're going to be pretty agreeable to that. They want to do everything they can to accommodate OU Texas while not pissing off all the all their leg all their legacy teams, as it were, their legacy programs. Joe Castiglione, same interview in which he talked about Kyler Murray, said that yeah, there's a very good shot that the OU Texas game gets moved to 2:30. He feels like it's a better time slot because he acknowledges he acknowledges the fact that you go to Texas and party. That's the whole reason you go to the OU Texas game. All right, the football game is there too, but you go down to Dallas to have a good time. He acknowledges that and that 11 o'clock in the morning is just too much for those of us who tend to get hangovers on that weekend. There's only so many Bloody Marys you can pound, and yes, the sun does continue to hurt your head. However, he also said that it wouldn't stay there permanently, which means that it's going to go back to 11 o'clock because, in Joe Castiglione's words, too much happens at the State Fair for that to be a night game. And you can read that as code for a couple of things. One, people don't want to hang around in Fair Park at night. Or two, 
And probably the more likely thing that he meant is, hey, we know it's OU Texas. Everybody gets a little drunk. Nobody's very nice to each other, depending on what colors they're wearing. And nighttime would certainly maybe bring about a little bit more violent action in between fans because everybody's had all day to get liquored up. And then you have this game at night, and then everybody's filing out somewhere about 10, 11 o'clock. And yeah, that doesn't doesn't bode well at all. I did a poll on my radio show asking fans if it meant a prime time start, would you be willing to part with tradition and move OU Texas out of the Cotton Bowl? And it was overwhelmingly no. People just don't want to move it out of the Cotton Bowl. It doesn't matter that AT&T Stadium is a better venue. People want the historic the history of the Cotton Bowl and they want the state fair, and more importantly, damn it, they just want their Fletcher's corn dogs. So, if you're will, if you're not willing to part with tradition, and that means more than anything to you, then no, you're not going to get a nighttime t- kickoff with OU Texas. The only way that happens is if it goes home and home, or it moves to AT and T Stadium. And I flip flop every day on whether or not it's more likely to go home, go home and home, or move to AT and T Stadium. Because at some point, the Cotton Bowl will become too antiquated for that game to be played there. I don't know when that is. You've done a lot of you've done a lot of improvements. It's not dilapidated yet, but there's no way that that structure can stand forever because things just aren't built to last forever. At least, not everything is built to last forever. That wraps up this week's show. I want to thank you uh, so much for listening this week. Um, also, hey, OU men's basketball got a big week coming up. Got the got the uh, Big Twelve tournament on the way, and hopefully, maybe they can win that and get into the NCAA tournament. If not, ooh, thank God, spring football is right around the corner, so we don't have to concentrate too much on basketball season. But thank you again for listening. I appreciate you spending these few minutes with me. Again, subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars. Always remember, constructive criticism is welcome because we want to do everything we can to improve on this show. So with that, may God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to paraphrase Don Cordelius, love, peace, and boomer sooner.